Good morning. Good morning. So, uh, we missed all of last week. Yeah. So many apologies. <laughs> and I love how everyone is like, you guys good? Are you good? I love that. We're sorry that we missed it. We had, we had a really stupid week last week. Yeah. Really stupid. Lots of, lots of unneeded crap happened. That's <laughs> I'm just going to let you go for a minute. <laughs> She's already rolling her eyes. Um, yeah, so we just had some stuff come up that prevented us from recording. So sorry. And thank you so much for everyone who checked on us. And, and that was nice. Yeah, it's nice. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm in a really, really great mood today. Why is that? <laughs> I'm on this wonderful clear liquid diet only. Why is that? <laughs> Just say what you got to say. Sarah. I don't have to say anything. Go ahead and say, and then I'll respond. I'll give my <laughs> my formal statement afterwards. My formal statement. Um. So let's just talk about healthcare in America for a minute. Okay. Let's do that. Let's just say what everybody what everybody already knows that healthcare in America is a fucking joke. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I get that we call it practicing medicine, but like, if we're really practicing, can you go back to medical school? <laughs> Like, seriously, you yeah, know, I mean, fair enough. because it costs us a lot of money for you guys all to just be not knowing what the fuck you're doing. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty fair. much. It's fair. So here's Tracy's sappy story. So I have been experiencing for the last three weeks, like the, these random out of the blue, I'll be completely fine. Totally fine. Totally fine. Feeling completely fine. And then all of a sudden, it is like somebody is like, you know how you wring out a dish towel? Yeah. That's what it feels like in the upper part of my stomach, like where my ribs go together. Right there, like somebody is like twisting my organs. And I, for the next three to five hours, I'm puking, I'm dizzy, I can't, um, I'm lightheaded, I am sick, sick, sick. Yeah, and we talked about that a few weeks ago when I was like, oh no, I'm going to catch whatever you have. Right. And- And I thought that I just had a virus because, but then after three to five hours, like it's gone as quickly as it comes on. It's just like something like releases and whatever, and I'm completely fine. So I thought that I had a bug. I thought that I just had some kind of stomach flu or something, but it comes and it goes. And it happened um, last week a couple times. And then Saturday morning, I guess, or Friday night, like three o'clock in the morning it happened and it did not subside. And I mean, I had a walk that I was supposed to do on Saturday. Like I had a busy day on Saturday and it was the only day that it was going to be really nice. And I had a lot of stuff planned, but I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and nothing would make it feel better. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I couldn't make myself throw up. I wasn't throwing up. I wasn't, I was just like hunched over in excruciating pain. And y'all, I have a very, very high pain tolerance. (laughs) So when I say that something hurts, like it really hurts. So... Sam comes over. We're supposed to record. Um, Sam comes over and I'm like, I I don't think that I can. And she's like, no, you're actually going to go to the fucking emergency room. Like, <laughs> we've had enough of this. Like, go and see what's wrong with you. Yeah, because she's like, I'm just going to go to urgent care maybe later this afternoon or the clinic. And I'm like, go to the emergency room. <laughs> like, go and get this figured out. So I go and we live in a small town. And because of what I do, 
everybody knows me at the emergency room mm -hmm. and they're very, very good to me. Like they treat me very, very well at our hospital. Right. I get in right away. They are like, they're very, very good to me here. Yeah. But because we're a small hospital, our resources are fairly limited. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> they run some tests. They give me like this GI cocktail that numbs everything as it goes down, which helps pretty substantially. But they run some x-rays, but they don't have access to like an MRI machine. They don't have whatever. And what the doctor thought that it was, was pretty emergent. So he's like, we need to transport you like either by ambulance or by helicopter. We need to transport you out of here. We need to get you out of here. And I was like, holy shit. Like it's that big of a deal. And he's like, yeah, it's that big of a deal. So <clears throat> we thought, of course... I don't want to take an ambulance because that is what four thousand dollars a mile. Right, and the I, next biggest hospital is like a few hours away. Yeah, several hours away. So I don't, I, I can't afford that. Who the hell can afford that? I'm not. I can't. I'm like I, I can just drive myself. I can, you know, my my kid can take me. Like I'm good. So <clears throat> he lets me. He lets me go. And the the idea is, is that. An OR is going to be waiting for me at this big hospital and I'm going to go in and I'm going to have emergency surgery and it's going to be resolved, right? That's not what happened. No. no, I get to this big hospital in this next town and I get admitted into their emergency room department and I sit for four hours before anybody even talked to me. Yeah. So in my head, I'm like, this is going to burst. I'm going to die. I'm going to, you know, my, I mean, what's happening is my pancreas is basically digesting itself. So I'm like, and nobody talks to me. No one talks to me for four hours. Yeah. I'm freezing cold because they keep, the nurse told me that they keep back there at like 62 degrees because they have like all of this equipment or whatever. Um, and so that it doesn't overheat, they have to keep the hospital like that area of the hospital that cold anyway so i'm freezing cold i'm ringing the nurse's button she doesn't respond to me hitting the emergency nurse button in the emergency room trauma center for 37 minutes yeah and they wouldn't let me come back they were rude as hell yeah i got a little sassy then they come back finally and they're like okay we're gonna take you to get this mri done get the mri done and the guy is like, okay, well, we're going to admit you. I'm like, oh, for what? Why are you admitting me? Like, just tell me what's going on, right? He's like, well, what we're going to do is we're just going to push fluids for the next three days, and then you'll have your surgery. I'm like, you're going to push fluids? That's the treatment? Is you're just going to push fluids? Because I can drink water at home. If this isn't emergent, then release me. Yeah. He's like, No. That's not what we're going to do. You're going against medical whatever. Anyway, I, I'm at home. That's ridiculous. Do you know how much it costs to stay in a hospital? Yeah. It's like $25,000 a day. Yeah. That's $75,000 to sit in a hospital and drink water. I can drink water at home. So that's what I'm doing. I'm drinking water at home. I am on a clear diet. I am starving hungry. I can only drink water and chicken broth. I'm hungry. I can't have coffee. <laughs> I can't I can't have a cheeseburger. I can't oh have a steak. God. I can't have anything. I have to have water and I'm not very happy about it.
You stress me out. You no. give me extreme stress. Why? You're going to cause me to have an ulcer. Well, here's the thing, right? This is like the Gen X part of me, I think, is mm-hmm. like, why? Why would I sit in a hospital for three days to drink water? Tell me what the rationale behind that is. Well, because if something gets worse, then you have resources to emergency get you in to get it resolved. If it gets worse, I will go back in. But we're hours away from that. I'm going to just take over your medical care. I'm going to, like, get an attorney to say that you're not, like, rational when it comes to medical decisions. And I'm going to make medical decisions for you. Well, I mean... And I'm going to be scheduling you regular doctor's appointments. Good luck with that. Because, girl. You know what that doctor you're said You're so to, stubborn. You know, yeah. Do you know... Pfft. You know what that doctor said as he was walking out of the room when I told him, I am not being admitted. I am not staying in this hospital. I'm going to go home where I will get the, I mean, I, I, this is ridiculous. That doesn't make any financial sense at all. If you're not telling me that there's a medical reason for me to be here, mm-hmm. other than you want to watch my labs that you're going to take once every 12 hours, which I can go to the hospital and I can get my labs done here every 12 hours. That's not a big deal. Unless you're telling me that this is life-threatening, that I'm going to die in the next, you know, four hours or whatever, I'm going home. And he, he says to me, as he's stomping his 28-year-old feet out the damn door, he turns back and this is what he says to me. Well, I'll just get a hold of our social workers and we'll see how this works out for you. I literally sat straight up and I said, your social workers? Baby, I'm in this job too. Are you kidding me right now? Son, listen to me. Like, literally, he's 28 years old, and he's going to tell a grown-ass woman, I'm going to tell the social workers on you. Go fuck yourself. Anyway, I'm at home. I win. Jesus. I won. And you know what? The the um, doctor here where we live called me this morning because he saw that they released me. He called me, called me, and checked on me and said, how are you feeling? What is this? Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It's going to do my labs this afternoon, whatever, whatever. And he said that I was not being unreasonable. He said, Tracy, you don't ask for unreasonable You already things. said that they kiss your ass. Yeah. But. So he's, he's probably just kissing your ass. No, he said that I wasn't being unreasonable because I'm not. I'm not. This is literally like a Gen X thing. Like we don't, we don't play the victim. I we put on our damn boots and we get our ass to work. it's a Tracy Ferris thing. It's not a Tracy Ferris thing. It's a generation thing. It's. It's, there's no reason. There's no reason for it. And the financial cost of it is absolutely absurd. Okay, here's the other thing that happened. When that nurse up there, I want to say the hospital name's so damn bad. When that nurse, when she was trying to get an IV going, you know, I'm significantly dehydrated. She can't get it into any of my veins. She blew six veins in my arm. Yeah. I was like, Baby, like you've tr- like after the third time, and I do not do needles. I do not like. Yeah. After the third time, I was like, "Babe, can we get somebody else, or can we do this a different way?" Like you're you're fucking me up. Like this 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 is not comfortable, right? Anyway, and she just keeps going back and getting more and more and more of these like packets or whatever to do this vein thing and scanning it. And I was like, "You're not charging me for that, are you?" Like every single one of those has got to be what several hundreds of dollars, Probably, yeah. and she's charging me because she can't get the the vein thing in my whatever. And I know it's not her fault; it's whatever. But seriously, like these costs are so absorbent. Yeah, it's so expensive. It is. Yeah, I agree with that part. 
And I'm not saying that I won't go and do what needs to be done. I'm just saying I'm not going to spend tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars on unneeded, unneeded medical stuff just because. Yeah. Oh, it stresses me out. Money stresses me out. Medical care stresses me out. And they were rude. They were rude as hell. They were rude. I will, I will stand by that. Me and the lady at the front desk got into it quite a bit yesterday. Quite a few yeah. times. And I have an issue with that, too, because what the hell is HIPAA? Yeah, I know. We get in the car last night, and I was like, did you tell them that they could speak to me up front? And she goes, no. And I go, oh. And so then I'm telling her everything that me and her went into about yesterday, and she was like, and we both just are quiet for a minute, and then we both at the same guy goes, HIPAA? Yeah, I mean, they told her everything that was going on. They told her the drugs that they offered to, oh, and that was another thing that pissed him off. He wanted me to take fentanyl. I'm not taking fentanyl. Right. I'm not taking it. I don't want it. All I wanted was a damn Tylenol. I just get, I don't take, I don't take drugs like any, like I don't take medicine. So if I take 500 milligrams of Tylenol, like it's going to work regardless of what the pain is. And the doctor was like, for this, this level of pain, whatever, your two options are morphine or fentanyl. Well, I'm deadly allergic to morphine. And I was like, I'm not taking fentanyl. I'm not, right. I'm not taking it. And he looked at me like I told him that I was like going to chop my arm off in front of him or something. He was like, okay, well, you're already going against medical advice. I'm like, there's no other option. Well, like, those are the only two I options. I had that same argument up front because I was like, can't give her like a hydro. You can't give her some tortle. You can't give her anything. A, else. Anything. The only other option is, is morphine, morphine and fentanyl. <laughs> Right, like let's just hit it hard, right? Like I'm not in that much pain. <sighs> Jesus. Well, um, while that all was happening, I got locked in the, a different wing of the hospital and oh, had to call security. So. Yeah, she had the two littles with her, and <laughs> we were going to the. It's cafe- always a shit. Show. We were going to the cafeteria, and the lady at the front desk that was rude to me. I think she purposely gave me the wrong address so that I would get trapped in the wrong area of the hospital. She probably did. I was thinking about that this morning. <laughs> I think she didn't want me to come back. I think she was worried I was going to get food and come back to the waiting room. <laughs> and she's like, left, right, left, and then go in the elevator, go to the third floor, take three more lefts, and then you're there. And I'm like, okay. So I walk to where I'm supposed to. I walk across the sky bridge. The door's open. I'm like, okay. And I can see an elevator at the other end, like in like her description told us. Mm-hmm. And we go in the elevator, we go to the other floor, we get off, and it's doctor's offices, and all the lights are off. And I'm like, huh, I I must have taken a wrong way. So I go back to where we were. All of the lights in the other building are off because it's just doctor's offices, and it's the weekend. Nobody is in that building. Right. So when I go to go back through the sky bridge to the slidey opening doors, they don't open. They're locked. (laughs) They let you in. They don't let you back out. So me and the littles are reading the sign and it's like please use if this door is locked please use like the front door entrance so we find the front door on the first level <laughs> oh bridger <laughs> another sliding door just opens and he barrels into that other door broke broke it. the door <laughs> so now he's like crying thinking he's gonna go to juvie he's like i'm gonna go to juvie He's, like, sitting on the floor rocking. I'm, like, calling security to, like, let us out of this. It's, like, the beginning of a bad, scary movie. I mean, tell me it's not. You get locked in an abandoned, empty hotel. Hospital. Or hospital, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Security came and saved us, like, 30 minutes later. We sat on the floor, and 
They Trista's mad at Bridger because he had to have lunch and now we're locked in an abandoned part of the hospital. They were not nice. They were not kind. And for the amount of money that, that hospitals receive, the least that they can do is be accommodating to people, especially in like, but that was my thing. It was like, okay, I just get transported here. Like they, it's so serious that they want to send me by ambulance to an emergency trauma center and nobody even says hello to me. I'm hitting the emergency nurse button and she doesn't even respond for 37 minutes. Mm -hmm. Like, what the hell? And I understand, like, I understand, like, it's not our hometown and whatever. I mean, like, I walk into our hospital and, I mean, you've seen it. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're quick. They're quick. And I get the, I get attention. But I don't think that it's that much different with me than it is for anybody else. Is it? Yeah. Oh, it is? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, whatever. I'm doing the surgery here in my hometown. I'm doing it where people treat me with dignity. Yeah. I mean, because, right. and I, and I don't care if that hospital is better, if they have better doctors, if they're whatever, I don't care. I'm going where I'm treated with dignity. Yeah. Fair enough. Even if it kills me. It's Stop not gonna, <laughs> saying things like that. It's what not, is wrong it's with not you? It's not going to kill me. It's going to be fine. <sighs> it is. It's going to be fine. It just, it was like healthcare in America, man. It's just like, it's ridiculous. And here's the other thing is like the hospital where we live owns everything. Yeah. And so like I couldn't get like, why did you go to the ER, Tracy? Why didn't you just go to your primary care physician? Because he's booked out two months. Yeah. And it was like I at, on Saturday morning at that point, I couldn't wait two months. Yeah. Like I have an appointment set with him, but it's, you know, eight weeks away. Yeah. I mean, it's. I don't know. It's whack. It's whack. Anyway, so that is the ordeal. So sorry about it. Sorry we didn't record last week. I do have, we did do some interviews with, um, going on with, with our Sabrina Kane case. I do have um, interviews with her little sister and with a friend of hers and some other people that know her that um, I just need to edit and get posted. So I'll get that done probably today or tomorrow or this week sometime. So you guys will have those. And then um, we've got some other stuff that's coming out that we just that I just haven't gotten to. And I apologize for that. I'm sorry about that. We were supposed to collab also with somebody and had to break that. So all you guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But we're being transparent and telling you guys all the intimate details of our lives. But <laughs> And that today on... The days of our lives. On uh, the days oh. of Tracy and Angus. I forgot about that show until right now. Until right this second. Yeah, it's always it's always something. But it's real, and you're going to get it real here. So that's that's what's up. So, yeah. That's, it's fun that's times. That's where we're at. Okay, so, I mean, if you're interested in, in, you know, following, you know, our shit show, we can be found at... <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Patreon, the Sp- Suspended Sentence Podcast. Our email is the Suspended Sentence Podcast at gmail.com. You can buy Tracy's book anywhere that books are sold, preferably Barnes and Noble. IDP and the 13 Components to Criminal Thinking and Behavior. And Behavior. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long week. It has. It's been a really long week. Perfect. Okay, well. I am Tracy. I'm Samantha. And this is The Suspended Sentence. I am bringing the case today. Yes, you are. And this is a topic. It's not a case. 
it is a topic that actually um, Jim said we should cover. Ooh, okay. He had actually been here before, and I'll, um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what he said about this place when I get to the part after I paint the picture of it. What he said about it. But what I want to talk about today is, and it's Japanese, and you guys all know that I am barely good at English words, let alone <laughs> foreign words. So I am sure that I'm going to absolutely destroy the names of these places. But so just bear with me, laugh, chuckle, be like, oh, Tracy, it's fine. Okay. So we are going to talk she about- She has medical emergencies, okay? She gets a pass this week. I get passes this week. <laughs> That's right. Everybody, yeah, for real. Okay. So we're going to talk about the Blue Tree Meadow. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. It's also known as the Sea of Trees. Mm -hmm. This is a forest. I'll give you guys a name here in just a second after I describe it. This is a forest that is on the northwestern flank of Mount Fuji. Do you like Mount Fuji water? Is Mount Fuji water from here? I don't know. I don't know either. It's freaking beautiful. Uh, anyway, on the northeastern flank of Mount Fuji on the island of Honshu in Japan... It's thriving on 12 square miles, 12 square miles, that's it, of <clears throat> hardened lava down um, it. So the hardened lava is from, um, it was a major eruption of Mount Fuji. I don't know, maybe, I mean, a long, long time ago, but that's what the ground is. So it's hardened floor on the far, far western edge of this island or of this place. There are several caves that are full of ice. The Narusuea Ice Cave remains frozen all year round. It has an average temperature of just 37.4 degrees Fahrenheit all year round. Hmm. That sounds cool, honestly. I'm, I don't like caves. <clears throat> I don't like caves either, but that's pretty cool. <laughs> An ice cave. The forest itself, again, on just 12, it's just 12 square miles. The forest is really, really dense. So dense that even experienced hikers are cautioned against going off the trails, going off on their own. And many leave like tape on the trees along the way to ensure that they can find their way back out. Um, <clears throat> because of the density of the trees and the lava floor, the forest is surprisingly quiet, like eerily quiet. Many people will say that even if you scream there, like you can't, it can't be detected because it's so dense. That's scary. That is scary. Despite the relatively large and secluded area that it occupies and the density of the plant life, um, it isn't home to a large variety of animals. The animals that do call the forest home are like foxes, deer, rabbits, and the black Asian bear. The forest's trees organically twist and turn above ground, their roots winding across the um, forest floor in treacherous threads. We're going to post pictures of this. It's very, very cool, but super eerie. Kind of eerie vibe. Yeah. Because of its location at the base of the mountain, the ground is really uneven. It's rocky and it's perforated with hundreds of caves. But more jarring than its tricky terrain is the feeling of stillness. The trees are too high packed for wind to whip through and wildlife is really, really sparse. So if you take a step into this forest, you will be in shadow. The shadow of Mount Fuji and the shadow of the sun. It's called Jukaya or the sea of trees by the locals. The forest creates this effect of being like underwater. The dense canopies of leaves overhead completely block the sun and you are left in complete shadow the entire time that you're there. So creepy. 
So it's a forest that's pretty much devoid of wildlife. No birds chirp overhead. You won't hear the sound of scurrying animals in the underbrush. Instead, you'll experience the unnerving and deafening silence of where life should be. Take a few steps further and you'll notice that the trees start curving towards you. Above you, the trees grow together so you can't distinguish which is a tree, which, which tree the tree branch actually comes from. And beneath you, the roots of the trees that lie there will look like they will pick themselves up literally to block your path. Ooh. Right. While the entry points to the forest bear ample debris of, um, of just stuff left by human visitors, the exp- as you walk into the forest... Like, very, very quickly, you'll realize you are alone and maybe nobody has ever even been here. How eerie. How eerie, right? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I like the forest. I like the mountains. I like hiking, but I like, ooh, I don't know. Yeah, but like when you're like in the (laughs) mountain and there's no noise, that's super eerie. Right. I know. Yeah, for real. So, but the forest is like, it's so thick and isolated that it looks like virtually untouched. Less than a mile into the forest, signs that hikers have been there start to completely disappear. The forest has a historical reputation as a home of urea, which is, and I'm sure that I said that wrong, so I apologize, but that means ghosts of the dead in Japanese mythology. So we are talking about, I'm going to say this wrong, so I'm sorry. Somebody can correct me if you want to, but a, oh man, you try and say it. Yeah, right? Mm. I don't know. It's known as Americans as Suicide Forest. Oh, okay. I've seen a movie about this. Yeah. At least since the 1960s, this place has been associated with suicide. And like I just said, we refer to it as suicide forest, and a lot of people do. And it's gained that reputation, and it's gained a reputation of being the most used, one of the world's most used suicide sites. In 2003, 105 bodies were found in the forest, exceeding the previous record of 78 in 2002. In 2010, the police recorded more than 200 people having attempted suicide in the forest, of whom 24 completed it. Wow. So because of the popularity for end of life at this place, annual searches that were held there are held there to look for new bodies. So these searches are made up of law enforcement officers, forest workers, and volunteers. And they're usually conducted right before the holidays. Mm. Oh, that sucks. If a body is found in the forest, the forest workers are responsible for removing it. And it's said that this spot is so popular that people drive quite the distance to do what they're intu- intending to do at this, at this location. A recent government report from there claimed that between 2013 and 2015 alone, more than 100 people who weren't from that area, directly surrounding that forest, killed themselves there. Wow. Right. While it's nickname, while with a nickname like Suicide Forest, it seems like this forest is a hugely popular site right but it's not the biggest suicide destination in the world do you know what what is Hmm. golden gate bridge oh yeah yeah that is the number one spot that people go to 
I wonder if, well, I don't know. We'll ask Stacy that question. And Stacy and I are going to do an episode that covers that. But I wonder if, I, I don't know. She does. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going there. <clears throat> as of 2011, the most common means of suicide in the forest were hanging or drug overdose. In recent years, local officials have stopped publicizing the numbers of suicides and suicide attempts because, first of all, they don't want that associated with the forest, and number two, because they just don't want to draw any more attention to that yeah. in that area. Okay, but, but the attitude of suicide in Japan is very, very different than ours. Okay, so this is super interesting to me, and, and I get it. Suicide in Japan is not linked to like a religious conviction at all. Instead, it has roots deeply entrenched in the culture's consciousness that Japan has, you know, like has one of the highest suicide rates in the world. Japan does. And that's linked to like overwork and lack of of, um, adequate mental health care. And, you know, it's bloody history, right? But historically, the samurai practice of um, sepula is like an honorable way to die and suicide is viewed as honor after failure it is actually seen as heroic and like often like almost romanticized in modern culture in their modern culture it's seen as like a release from life and in some cases as a way to save a family financially so there's loopholes in japanese life insurance policies that you know, like in America, if you kill yourself, suicide, you won't get your life yeah, insurance. You nobody will get it. Right. But that's not how it is in Japan. Like you still get your life insurance payout if, even if you kill someone. So, <clears throat> but the culture today views, Japanese culture views suicide as a way of taking responsibility. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. So like if you failed in some way, like it's, it's an honorable way to die. Isn't that? Yeah, I mean, you're making a face, but I mean, like, it's interesting, like, the cultural difference of what is what is an appropriate means to, yeah. for accountability, right? So, suicide is the leading cause of death for men between the ages of 20 to 44 and women between the ages of 15 to 34 in Japan. Wow. And it's got the highest suicide rate in the world. Yeah. So this forest has always been dogged with morbid myths, right? The oldest and unconformed stories of ancient Japanese customs called Ubastu. It's U-B-A-S-T-U-E. Okay, this is interesting. This legend says that in feudal times, when food is scarce and and a situation grows desperate, that a family might take a dependent elderly relative typically a woman to a remote location like this and let her die it's like that person is sacrificing themselves for the benefit of the family and you take them there you leave them and they die oof the fuck yeah that's like the fuck <laughs> i know right but and you know a lot of people will say a lot of a lot of resources that I said saw or saw said that like that's just myth like that didn't really happen but I've heard some of the shit that happens in Japan and yeah. I'm like I don't know I don't know about that happening. right so at first the yuris or the ghosts <clears throat> visitors would say that they saw were presumed to be vengeful spirits of the old 
who had been abandoned them and starved and just left the mercy of the elements, right? But all that begins to change in like 1960 when the forest's long tangled history with suicide began. But today the forest phantoms are said to said to belong to the sad and the miserable, i.e. the thousands of people who have lost their lives or taken their own lives in that oh, place. Think about how freaking haunted that place is. Oh my God. And it's silent. Mm-hmm. And silent, right. Okay, so it's quite likely that if you are brave enough to go hiking through this place, that you will come across some gruesome remains, right, of human belongings or beings, actual beings who took their lives there. Because they're only searching like once a year. Right. Oh. Right. Oh, no, 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 Starting to stray from personal belongings of people who committed suicide or rotting corpses lying on the ground or their bodies hanging from nooses in trees, you might encounter some nightmarish scenes that will keep you up at night. People often not sometimes, often report hearing blood-curling, unnatural screams while wandering the forest. Once a writer from the Japan Times told of an incident where he heard, like, somebody just, like, screaming, like a terrified scream coming from the forest. And when he went, like, in the direction of the scream, when he went to investigate it, he came across a dead body of a man just at the base of a tree. So... The man who was there that was dead, who had killed himself, had been dead for quite some time, so it could not have been him. Your face. (laughs) Yeah. Another hallmark of the forest is there have been supposedly literal ghost sightings with visitors claiming to see white figures drifting between the trees and that sci-fi paranormal investigation show um, uh, Destination Truth. Uh Have you seen them? No. So they went there and they stayed for several days and they did an investigation and they caught several of them on tape. Oh, I can't, I have to believe that 100%. How could there not? How could there not be? Yeah, for sure. So if there's been hundreds of people that have died there, there's right, no way. Right. So Jim said that he's been there. He was, he was in um, one of our armed forces. I can't, I'm sorry, Jim, I can't remember which one. But, um, and he played golf there. And he said that like, if your golf went down, like into this valley where the forest was, it was just like, no, you're just going to leave it. Like you're not, first of all, you're not going down there. Second of all, you're not going to find the ball if you go down there. <laughs> like, and he said that it was like very, very eerie, very eerie. Did he go in? No, 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 no. Which is surprising because Jim is kind of a badass, but. Jim, you don't want to go on an adventure and wander in the forest? Yeah, that'd be a hard no for me too. But. What if you went camping? <gasps> So given its proximity to Mount Fuji, this forest is considered by most Japanese religious people to be a very, very spiritual place. I don't, I don't, whatever. Buddhist monks, though, they've set up altars in the forest to try and combat what they say are evil spirits haunting the forest and actually drawing people there to commit suicide. But I mean, okay, from like a Buddhist type energy right so energy of places Mm -hmm. if there's like the volcanic ash like the energy that comes from like the volcanic ground and like i could see why they could be like okay this is like a powerhouse of energy sure maybe there's something evil there that's just pulling people in i that's what they say i don't know I don't think the Buddhists are that off. One Buddhist monk was visiting the forest to set up an altar when he told the New Zealand Holland Herald there, quote, 
The spirits are literally calling people here to kill themselves. The spirits of people who have committed suicide before, unquote. And actual suicide survivors from the forest claimed that it felt as if they were being pulled or coerced deeper and deeper into the forest. And some people believe that the souls of those who have died have been absorbed into the trees and they seek company. And so they like pull you in. It's kind of super sad. It is, right. While many people attribute the strange behavior. Oh, so when you go in there, like your compasses aren't going to work. Cell phones don't work, like nothing electronic or even even your compass works, right? And that's probably because of like the ash that's, yeah. you know, that's in there. A lot of people say though that it's because of the paranormal activity that it makes it so that that stuff doesn't work. But literally like there's high iron, you know, in the... I think it's the paranormal. The, you can go science. I'm saying paranormal. Right. But, but devices that respond... To magnetics, you know, like compasses or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. It's the ghosts. But, so in 2017, though, the Japanese government announced its plan to reduce the Japanese suicide rates by 30% over the next decade. And part of the measure was to, specifically at this forest, post security cameras at the entrance and increasing patrols in there. So there's also like a great deal of suicide prevention counselors and police that have also posted signs that say stuff like, think carefully about your children, your family, or your life is a a precious gift from your parents, things like that. Now, I could see how that, though, could be like a trigger if somebody doesn't have family or if they're going there because maybe they're going through a divorce and they just lost their family or they don't, you know, I mean... I don't know. I think that probably a pretty common reason for suicide is feeling alone and feeling abandoned. And so I feel like maybe these signs might trigger people a little bit more. Yeah. I don't know. But they tried. You know, they're doing something. Um, and so camping is allowed in this forest. You can go and you can camp. But please consider visitors who bring tents and camp in there as potential people, like potentially contemplating killing themselves. And so... They will go and they will find them and they will pretty much just encourage them to leave. Because they're like... Are you just sitting here wondering? Are you... Yeah. Are you contemplating killing yourself or are you... I just wanted to see the cool trees, man. Right. But... And it is cool. It is really, really cool. But it's super freaking eerie too. Like it's not... It's not like... We'll post pictures. I mean, it's... It's pretty intense. Yeah, I just pulled up pictures. I was trying to think. I think the movie is just called Suicide Forest. Did you? It is. No, it's called The Forest. Yeah. I watched that movie a few years ago, and their whole thing is that it calls to you. She's got, like, a twin sister that's, like, she thinks her sister's lost, and she's trying to find her twin, and she can hear her calling to her. Yeah. Yeah, so that freaked me out. Yeah, so that's one of the movies that that the um, Japanese government does not like (laughs) because it glorifies it, right? And then there was, and I can't remember his name. He got he got banned, but he was a YouTuber um, and had a podcast. You might remember his name, but he went there and was like walking through the forest and doing a podcast or doing a YouTube show or whatever. And then there was a body hanging behind him. Do you remember this? No. Oh, you just aren't remembering right now. You're going to remember in like 20 minutes and you'll be like, oh my gosh, I can't remember his name and I didn't even want to talk about him, but we're whatever, here I am. Um, but he actually posted it and like posted the video and posted pictures of it and he got banned from YouTube and 
and all the rest of it. Because, I mean, that's like a human being, you know? But he was like, oh, man, like, here we are talking about suicide. And look behind me, guys. Look at that. And then, like, zoomed in and was really making light of it and, like, poking fun at it or whatever. And it's not a joke. Yeah. But. Ugh. It's a freaky forest. It is freaky. It's crazy. It's spooky season. You brought a good spooky one. I did, yeah. And I want to do a couple like this for Halloween season. Just, spooky season? Yeah. Can you imagine, though, like, planning your suicide to the point that, like, you drive hundreds of miles in order to do it? Yeah. But here's another theory, though. What if you are really just out there hiking and you get lost? And you're out there for a few days. You can't find your way back. Right. But the quiet, like, that can make people go crazy. Oh, for sure. And if you're seeing trees and stuff like that, like, I wonder if some of those are, like, people just were out hiking and got lost and just literally like went, went crazy. crazy yeah and we're like i can't do this anymore yeah because i could see that oh for sure because they say what if you listen to like water drip for like 12 hours oh, you, you can, can like oh yeah have a mental break for sure for sure and and in my head right like i'm thinking okay well if you really want to decrease like keep the tourist attraction because it is very cool it is really cool but if you wanted to if you were the japanese government and you wanted to keep the tourist numbers high but keep suicide rates low or keep patrol rates high blah 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 whatever why don't they actually make big trails that go through it yeah like large trails that go through and then like a little bit farther out put like giant fences so you can't go out into the wilderness (laughs) i mean or something i mean even if i mean if it's that dense i mean really i mean i'm thinking like it's only 12 miles yeah that it's only 12 miles you could make you know, you could make different trails that go through it and you could do, you know, signs that's with the maps or whatever. That's like, you are here, you know, so that pe- you know what I mean? So people aren't getting lost and people aren't. Right. Um, but again, I mean, that's American culture talking. Yeah. I mean, cultures are different and people's importance, you know, whatever to things. And also, I guess I'm American. So I'm like, tear it up, make a road through it. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe because of of the location and whatever. Maybe they can't do that. And off of religious, if they're like, it's like a sacred ground. Right. Right. Interesting. So it is interesting, but anyway. It's really so, sad though too. Oh, it's horribly sad. But it was very cool because I had, um, you know, I mean, I, I guess I had forgotten that I had heard about it. Um, and I hope that I wasn't offensive to, because we do have a Japanese listening we do have people from Japan that listen, and I hope that I wasn't disrespectful in any way or unsensitive to somebody's culture. Um, if there's something that I got wrong, or especially when I was talking about culture and the way that you guys view things, please educate us. Please let me know because I've we just much, have never been there ever. Yeah, and I don't. I have no idea. And it's sometimes it's <clears throat> sometimes it's just rude to hear people, even like just being from Wyoming. It's rude to hear people's perception of like, why, oh, you guys ride horses and don't have, you know what I mean? Right. And it just makes people sound stupid. But if we ever say anything that's wrong, just let us know. Yeah. We'll fix it. And we want to know. We don't offend easy. No, not really. <laughs> no. But anyway, so Jim, thanks for bringing that place to my attention. Yeah, Jim. If you guys are like needing to add your like spooky, scary movie list, I guess you could add that to it. Yeah. It's freaky. I hate, that movie freaked me out. Really? And it's that. real forgot about that movie until now yeah came out in like so. 16 or something perfect oh great All job right. thanks guys thank you stay safe guys